Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm podcast. I have an absolutely awesome guest today. I have been trying to get her on the show for probably about six months now. And I think it took about five other people who have already been on the show to get her to finally agree. So Katie Roberson, author of Between the Birches, one of the golden girls in our Golden Girls Book Club, is on the show today. And I am super, super, super excited to have her. I've had the other two girls from the book club on the show, so it's really nice to have it finally rounded out and have her on the show today. So we're going to talk books. We're going to talk life. We're going to talk all sorts of things. So grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline, and we're going to get started. Katie! Hi! Hi! I'm finally here. You're finally here. I, I, it has taken, I am pretty sure Lacey, Caroline, um, Chris, and like a couple other people have, every time I comment on having you on the podcast, they're like, yeah, you should do it. Yeah, you should do it. And we we've had a couple reschedulings we've had life gets in the way I totally get it but I am I am so glad to finally have you on the podcast uh, to have my my golden girls collection rounded out Uh, (laughs) I'm so glad to have you here so um you are um, in our golden girls book club uh, for any um, anybody who is regular listeners, you guys know what the Golden Girls Book Club is. If you are new, uh, once a month, four of us ladies, Katie Roberson, my guest today, Lacey Crouch, Caroline Floor, and I get together. We read an indie book, and we record a podcast episode and talk about it. It's an absolute blast. Um, our next one is coming up in just a few days, so we're super excited about that one. Um, but yes, Katie is the Blanche of our group. So she is our Southern Belle and she's a lot of fun. So we're going to have, we're going to have a great time today. Sometimes when, when, when I can get over the shyness, you know, it just takes a little bit. So I'll warm into it today. Like I do in book club. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I honestly, I have had people tell me that they forgot we were recording because it's just, I try to keep it as chill as possible. I'm sure you know that from our um, book club recordings. So um, I, I do not like stressing my guests out don't like it (laughs) which is probably why we tend to stray off the subject on various occasions (laughs) um okay so real quick um I don't know if you have managed to prepare like a short little bio uh, for our listeners but if you can real quick just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and (laughs) And we're going to read from the back of Between the Birches. I love it. It's <laughs> totally fine. It works for me. Um, I thought about reading the little bio that I uh, created for you <coughs> for our Golden Girls um, book club page. But um, I, I figured I haven't published it yet. So I was like, eh, I'm not going to do that. So go ahead and read your read your short little bio. Um, let us know just a little bit about you, and then we'll move on. Okay. Um, I won't read, like, word for word. I'll, I'll add a little bit. So, you know, it's a little different. But I was born and raised in Georgia. Um, currently, I live with my family in the southern Appalachian Mountains of North Georgia. 
I love science fiction, fantasy, um, horror, and I began my writing journey about, um, I want to say about 13 years ago, we had a, a local writers group and we would have like monthly uh, challenges that we were supposed to write about and I enjoyed it. But then, you know, fast forward through, you know, kids and, um, I started playing Stardew Valley a lot at the beginning of the pandemic. So I found like artwork online and then I found out that there's this whole thing called fan fiction. So I started writing fan fiction on archive of our own. So, um, outside of that, I love writing, um, paranormal romance, urban fantasy, anything fantasy and romance and, and horror, which is what Between the Birches is, and why it doesn't fit in just one genre. It does not um, fit into one just one no. genre, for sure, yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, but, you know, I, I write what I like to read. Um, but outside of writing, I crocheted for like 12 years. Um, I had a shop, or I still have a shop on Etsy, but... Writing and crochet don't really mix for me right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do some crochet things when I get a chance to, but it's like writing is all consuming, but, um, and gardening, you know, I've been, I take care of the garden outside. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I honestly, I totally get it about the, uh, crochet doesn't, it doesn't really mesh well with other hobbies um, or businesses or anything like that. It really, you know, if you're going to, it's with crochet, because I, I crochet as well. And um, I'm sure you knew that. We talk, we Wait, used to talk about that yes. all the time. Um, and I bought a spreadsheet from you. And you did. <laughs> um, and while I absolutely love making the scrunchies, it's not something where I can sit and crochet and like proofread and edit or crochet and read a book right. or crochet and create Pinterest pins or, you know, crochet is something that you do while you're watching TV. And, yeah. you know, it's not something that you can really do unless it's your only business. And so it's, you know, it's that fun little thing that you do to kind of take a break from everything else. Um, yeah. I would definitely like to uh, make sure that people know about your Etsy shop um, so that they can come check it out because your stuff is super, super, super cute. Um, well, a little thing about that. I'm actually, after a lot of consideration, I'm probably going to close shop and only take commissions off of like, so people on social media, I'll, I'll keep like my Facebook page, but okay. Etsy, I haven't gotten a sale all year on there. So, you know, I think it's time to move on. So, and it doesn't make me sad. I actually, yeah, I, um, when I found out that, cause the only reason that I had stayed on Etsy was, um, because as a business owner, I have to charge sales tax and, right. um, Oklahoma, um, in uh, the United States, for all, all of my uh, UK and Canadian listeners, in the United States, um, I did a lot of research about this. So um, we have three different types of sales tax states. We have oh a sales tax state that is an origin state, um, such, um, for example, an origin state would be if I... Um, were to sell something to somebody in Virginia, I would not pay Virginia's sales tax. I would pay my origin state's sales tax, and then I would remit to my origin state. That's where the item originated from. That's where I pay the sales tax. Right. Then we have what is called a destination state, which my state is a destination state. So instead of paying sales tax, in my state where I live, I have to pay sales tax to where the item ends up. And yes, I get that's the look on your taxes. face. That's, that is, that's not cool. And that is actually most of the states in the United States are like that. Most of them are destination states, which I think is absolutely BS. It's total bull. I don't like it. Um, and then even fewer are states that are called nexus states, 
which in Nexus states, it's kind of a mix between the two, but you don't pay sales tax until you've made a certain number in sales. Okay. I have no idea what Georgia is as far as, you know, whether they're Nexus or origin states. Right. But so, yeah. Right. So I, I found out that my state is a destination state and I'm like, okay, so for somebody like me, having a store on Etsy makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But, but I have wanted for a really, really, really long time to have everything in one place. Um, you know, I have note cards, I have candles, I have scrunchies, I, you know, I have all of this stuff, but I want it all on one website. Right. And which is why you went from the picky bookworm, like crochet gifts to like, now you're green tiger on, on Etsy. Etsy, on Etsy, I'm green tiger gifts. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I actually like deleted all of my listings in Etsy because like you, I haven't oh. been making any sales. And so I talked to my husband who does international accounting. Um, and lo and behold, he can figure out all of this sales tax stuff for me. And oh, yes, and has, me. <laughs> and has taken over all of the accounting stuff for the picky bookworm so wow. that I am able to open a shop on my website, which I'm in the process of getting it, like getting listings up and getting everything ready for my launch Yay. on June 30th. So come June Ooh. 30th, yes, I will have everything in one place. And it will make it easier to share items. It'll make it easier to, you know, so for all of that stuff, it's just going to make it so much easier. Everything's in one place. Um, and I won't have like, I, I won't feel like my focus is split so much if that makes sense. Right. Right. Um, but a lot of the reason why I decided to leave Etsy is their fees. They just raised their fees again. Which is another contributing factor to, closing shop right. for, for myself. And it's so. like, you know, I, um, my bookish, uh, gift sets, I have five right now and they were all, you know, on the lower fees, they were already $75 to help wow. cover everything. And I'm like, if they raise my fees again, I'm going to have to make them even more expensive to cover those fees. Yeah. And that's not fair to the buyers. Um, no, so, and the contributors to your boxes because you have more than just the author. You have, you know, the scented bookmarks. You yeah. have your candles. So you know, it's like it's, it's yeah, not and, fair. And even right, and even at um, the seventy five dollars, I, um, you know, I still have to pay for shipping, and. Yeah. Um, the, the basically the only profit that I'm making is on the candle. Everything else is wow. Yeah, and so I I am literally the cost of making the candle, um, and then I have like maybe ten bucks, ten to twelve dollars profit um, on on each candle. That's it. That's all I'm making off of those book boxes. So. Wow. It's, you know, so yeah, so Etsy was just a, a really bad idea for all of them. They're raising their fees was just really bad for all of that. So yeah, I, I completely understand why um, you are deciding to close shop. Um, and if you, and I, and I will offer, if you would like to have like a listing or something on my, on my shop that says I take commissions where people can contact you, I'm so happy to do that for you. So. Okay. I'll, I'll think about it. You know, if, if, again, I have like one and, and I'm talking to you, Michelle, um, <laughs> Michelle Cork. Um, I'm supposed to be making her a little tufted titmouse. And we moved all of our craft stuff from the office to another room in the house. And all of my yarn is like really high. And I don't want to bother my husband to get the yarn to make her little bird. And I, I promise I haven't forgotten you if you're listening, Michelle. I, I, I'm still going to make your bird. <laughs> I'm just really, really, you know, busy lately. It's yeah, just, it's, it's well, with, with summer starting, you've got your kids and, um, yes. you know, and, and all of that. So in your garden, getting your garden started. I know that's um, a really fun summer project um, that you do. So, 
Yeah. Um, okay, so now that we have gotten our Etsy complaints out of the way, <laughs> um, I don't think anybody from Etsy corporate is actually listening, but just in case, if you're listening, lower your freaking fees. I get it that inflation is a big deal, but geez, come on. Um, there's enough yeah. stores out there you did not you didn't have they did not have to raise their fees. They're still making good money off of us. So um, doesn't mean I'm never going to shop on Etsy. It just means I'm never going to sell on Etsy. Um, yeah. It's yeah. just yeah, it's just a better um, a better option for me to have everything on the picky bookworm. So um, I think for everybody it'll be it'll be a better. Um, a better choice and a better option to have everything in one place. So absolutely. Um, okay. So between the birches, yes. I, <laughs> I've got to, um, you had written a version, um, about, I want to say about eight months ago, maybe, um, um, a little over a year ago. I've been working on this for two years. Okay. So, so you, yeah, so you had written, um, an, an older version and I, and I had proofread it and I had loved it. And then you got back feedback from your beta readers and you were like, okay, we got to like revamp some stuff. And for anybody, <laughs> so for anybody who has read my review of between the birches on thepickybookworm.com, um, you will understand it was a hardcore upgrade. Now, mm -hmm. that does not mean that the original version was bad. I absolutely will not say that because the, the, the story and the premise of Between the Birches, um, and I may actually have you read the, um, the blurb for it. Um, okay. But the the premise of it is so good. So even the the original version, um, it was a little bit shorter. It didn't have as much detail. And then when you rewrote it, you added like a whole bunch of stuff and you simplified some some other stuff. And um, I got to proofread it again. <coughs> and. I actually think I DM'd you on Twitter and I'm like, Katie, I forgot I was proofreading. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I, had to, yeah, I had to back up like five pages because I literally, I got so caught up in the story that I forgot what I was supposed to be doing. I'm like, Pam, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be like searching for mistakes to make sure that this is like done and you can't just read it. Um, and so that's how immersive this story is. You guys, I, I just, I can't even tell you. Um, it's not very often. I know it's not very often that I run across a story that is that immersive. I'm the picky bookworm for a reason. So I have stories that I enjoy. Not very many stories will like pull me in like that. So between the birches is definitely one of those stories. Um, so definitely, I mean, people need to buy this book. They just do. Um, so real quick, if you will grab your, um, your book and if you'll like read the blurb for it for people, I know it's the hardcover. It's so pretty. I know this I is the Barnes one. and Noble one, but I had to like, um, move the, the words on the front cover over because they were like, they're not, yeah, they're not centered. Yeah. Exactly. And the hardcover with Barnes and Noble gave me so much trouble. I mean, I was sitting there on Canva and I'm, I'm designing this cover and I'm scooting things over and then I'm uploading it on Barnes and Noble. But then, you know, it's like, oh, you need a PDF. And I'm like, okay, well then I'll save it off of Canva as a PDF. And then I just go back to Barnes and Noble and the we don't take that one. That one's not a right PDF. And I'm like, well, what do you mean it's not a right PDF? So then I'm opening up publisher and I'm doing the size that it says on Barnes and Noble. And I'm putting the, like the PNG file from Canva into publisher and then saving the publisher file as a PDF. And then finally it took it. But then, you know, I'm having to do that extra step every time I'm trying to get this right. And it was, it was just a nightmare. So, um, I'm hoping that uh, the new updated cover is um, is right because I kind of just you know eyeballed it because that's that's 
what I had at this point, but, um, well, and between the, the purchase, even <laughs> if, yeah, even if, um, cause you're actually holding that up to the camera, even if yeah. it doesn't get fixed, that doesn't look bad. It really doesn't. So, I mean, it's not, it's off centered enough that it doesn't really look off-centered. It almost looks deliberate. So it, yeah. it doesn't look bad. It's just you can tell because you created it. Exactly, and it's driving so. me nuts. So. <laughs> so, well, and I just, I, I figured I would just let you know that it, you know, even if it doesn't, like, correct itself perfectly where you think it should be, that doesn't look bad. Okay. So there you and, go. Yeah, okay. I, I strive to make it as pretty as possible because that's just, that's what I am. I, I like aesthetics. I'm not very good at it, but this was like my second cover attempt with the green hue background and the silhouette of the tree because apparently I have a thing for trees, um, you know, between the birches. Oh, well, yeah. Tree silhouette. So anyways, um, I'm really happy with the way this cover turned out, but um, you know, the first one was fun, but this one was just like, it felt right. See, and, and I like, cool. I like both of them. So, so, um, so you want me to read the back? Yes. One? We're going to, okay. we're going to get a blurb real quick of this, of this book. So people know what it's about. Okay. So between the birches, uh, book one awakening is the first in a new adult dark urban fantasy series where magic is real. Monsters exist and nightmares come true. Beneath the heels of Western North Carolina lies an ancient evil trapped for millennia. There are many who seek to release it and only two who can stop them. So newlyweds Beth and Tom Newman are headed to the Appalachian Mountains for a relaxing weekend with their best friend, Grady Cooper. When the trio arrives, they are unexpectedly met with some old friends. Beth's excitement soon turns to dread when they end up running for their lives. Her 25th birthday turned out to be more memorable than she had hoped in the worst of ways. So that's it. <laughs> I know. I am so excited. Um, people need to, yeah, people need to like definitely read this book uh, for sure. So what, what inspired you to, for this story? I know you said that you like, you know, all of the various uh, genres that, you know, are kind of mixed into the story. But what was your inspiration for writing that sort of story? Well, it, it's kind of an evolution. Like the first draft that you read, I was kind of, I was wanting to write an Appalachian haint, okay? H-A-I-N-T, which is a haunt, but, you know, it's anyone who, who knows Appalachian folklore will understand what a haint is. And I kind of wanted to write something that used, you know, the folklore and the more, um, you know, the scary parts like this, you know, there's like skunk apes around these parts. And then there's, you know, um, well, I mean, just, just things here in the Appalachians that, you know, creepy will-o'-wisps and, you know, the, the, the panthers and, and, you know, all kinds of, of creepy things that people have been talking about and like, uh, which you read in the Foxfire series. Um, you know, I actually bought the, the book for research for that. And then it was, um, my husband and I were rewatching the Twilight series and I'm sitting there and this is <laughs> like, I can do this better. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I know, and, and I'm sorry, I, I do love the Twilights. They're, they're fun for what they are, but it's like, I've you, outgrown them at this point. You um, have to so. really be willing to accept them for what they are. I, yeah. my husband and I, every once in a while, will get a wild hair and decide that we're going to watch the Twilight movies. And we, <laughs> I kid you not, we get maybe 10 minutes into the first one before we're making fun of it. <laughs> and it yeah. does not take very long. Um, both of us really enjoyed the books. Um, there is, you know, as... 
as I got older, I started noticing some of the things that are a little bit more problematic with the stories. Um, but for what they are, I mean, you have to really, really, really be willing to accept them for what they are. And obviously you are, if you, you and your husband can, can sit and watch them without making fun of them the entire time. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, no, I do. I do enjoy like the bad rip, uh, bad lip reading. You know, if you go back and watch uh, their versions of you know Twilight, I don't know if you've ever heard of them on on YouTube, but there's like the bad lip reading. They do all kinds of movies, and it's just it's it's hilarious. But um, I might have to yeah, check. I, I might have to check that out. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that would yeah, be I'll... just freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're they're great. Um. But yeah, it's that's that's kind of what spurred the um, me picking between the birches back up. But then you know, I didn't know the characters as well in the beginning, like two years ago, until I had written the whole story. And then like the back half of the book was like, okay, well, I'm really getting a feel for these characters. But the front half of the book didn't really reflect that. And like the original manuscript was written in third omniscient point of view which is I guess my natural writing style and then um Lacey beta read it and she's like you know not a lot of people like third omniscient so you know um you might try doing multiple point of view so I'm like you know what it's it's a challenge I had also read that people didn't like the omniscient, you know, head hopping, going back and forth, which I don't think that I do it badly. You don't. Um, you don't. Because I've not had anybody complain, but I like the multiple point of views because I had to get into that character's head. Yeah. I had to think the way that they did, and it forced me to, to keep them from all being like the same character, just with different names, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, when I got like my first rejection, um, it opened my eyes because I knew before I sent it to them, like the first half of this book could be even a little bit better because I will tell you on, on critique match, I had one, um, (laughs) one guy, we shared like the first six chapters with each other to beta read. And he's, he's messaged me back and he's like, okay. So I read it. I didn't like it because Beth was, um, he was hoping that Beth would get lost in the woods and eaten by a bear. And (laughs) so So basically she was just kind of a wimpy little girl that nobody liked. Yes. She, so. I, I will admit she was in the original version. She was a little bit whiny. She was, um, and flippant. And she and was, naive. A, she was a little bit like Kristen Stewart in, in Twilight. <laughs> See, I was trying but to, you, it, but, but you ended up, well, and, and I, and I, I really would like to, to bring up a point that you made, um, when you changed from the third omniscient, um, because that is your natural writing style and then chose to do it in third limited with the multiple points of view. Um, and you saw it as a challenge. Um, that is something that I think writers need to do more often is you don't always want to pick that writing style or pick that, genre or pick, you know, something that is always easy. Um, you want something that's occasionally going to challenge you and occasionally going to force you to up your skills. Um, you know, writing is a skill and writing is something that is constantly evolving. And so for you to choose to, um, and you you see me messing with my nose, I'm telling you (laughs) itching all the time. Um, so for you to accept that challenge and uh, rewrite your story, because, I mean, I'm sure on some level you knew that it was going to um, give you a, a new skill and give you a new evolution in your in your writing life. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, every, every draft that I did, which I think I probably, I didn't rewrite the whole thing, 
except twice. Once was to go from the third omniscient to third limited. Um, and then the second time was after I had gotten the rejection letter. And after, after that one guy wanted Beth to be eaten by a bear, I'm like, I really need to look at this. So I did notice that every time I rewrote it, I was learning things and, you know, adapting and, you know, everything seemed to be coming easier and flowing, you know, a lot more, you know, easily than it was before. So, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what I've, what I've done so far, you know, as a writer, because I didn't go to school to become a writer. I mean, I was pretty good at English. It was my best subject in school. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, this, this will be good enough. And then I'll, I'll just learn as I go. And I have, and you know, it's, it's brought this, you know, between the birches. This is my first published book. Um, outside of, you know, the, the stories that I've done on archive of our own and like the one short story I have on Wattpad, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't do much on there. I, I, <laughs> I well, so. I absolutely love that you have published, um, published your book. Um, yeah, the, you and, uh, the other two girls, uh, two ladies in our book club, uh, keep telling me that, um, I need to publish a book so that I basically, so that I can match. And I'm like, <laughs> I am going to leave the writing to you guys. I, <laughs> I write in my blog. I write in, you know, I create pages yeah. for my website and I, you know, write blog posts. That's probably the closest that I'm ever going to come to, um, being a published author, uh, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> and cause I, I honestly, I have absolutely no desire to write a, an actual book the the descriptions the the scenery the narration part of it I would probably be pretty decent at that I get stuck in dialogue oh yeah and you know I'm like because I and I will either have a a person who sounds like an uneducated four-year-old <laughs> or or I will have somebody who sounds like a PhD candidate from Oxford. You know, there, there's just, there's no in between for me. I don't have like that natural speaking style. Um, yeah. You know, even my, my conversational tone, um, because I, because of the way that I was raised, I was homeschooled through eighth grade. Both of my parents were highly educated. Both of my parents were extremely smart. And I have just been like around people who have, you know, that, um, that large vocabulary, you know, and all of that. So even my natural speaking style is like good grammar. It's very, yeah. it's very rare that I will like say something that's not good grammar. You know, I use ain't, I use y'all. You know, um, but you're not going to hear me say something like that was more better. <laughs> you're just, oh, you're just yes. not, you know? And so, you know, my, my speaking style is like that. And so my characters would have a speaking style like that. And so, yeah, you're, it, there's no in between for me. And so, and then the narration is either going to sound like an uneducated four-year-old or it's going to sound like a textbook there. <laughs> again, yeah. There is no in between. So I, I think it's just better that I read your books and talk about them and, and help like get people to read them. I, I just think that's yeah. a better choice well, for me. I, I mean, I do have to say that, you know, when, when I speak, it's, you know, I'm not as cool as my characters. I think my characters are much cooler than I am because I'm just basically recording what they tell me, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll just have a scene pop in my brain and, and it's just like, I need to write this down. And, and, you know, sometimes I'll be like laying in bed or I'll be in the shower and I'll have dialogue run through my head and I'm like, that's really good. But I'm like in the shower or just laid down asleep and, and, you know, I don't want to make my husband up. So I'm like, I'll, I'll try to remember it for the morning and then it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It nice. happens all the time. I, um, see, and I get like that with, uh, like blog post ideas mm. and, you know, cause I, I'm trying to, um, in my, in the blog area of my website, I'm trying to kind of have, 
you know, like the book reviews where I am showing off all of these wonderful indie books that I've read. Um, but at the same time, I'm also trying to add in some like, you know, here's some help with, you know, your basic writing tips or here's some help on things you can do to help market your books. Um, because right. I, I hear on Twitter all the time about how hard it is for a self-published author to market their book. And it, yes. it's oh insanely hard and I totally get it. And so I'm trying to kind of intersperse, you know, some of these various ideas on, um, you know, here's some ideas on how you can market your book. And, um, I have some blog posts that, um, came to me when I was listening to a podcast episode go figure, um, <laughs> on, you know, various, you know, like editing or, or writing words. Um, you know, I have yeah. one that's planned on, um, homophones. Not a lot of people know what homophones are. A homophone got me my first proofreading job. Let me just <laughs> <laughs> looking this up, even if it's a homeschool mom, I'm still like, I, I, I love Google for, Oh, I love, yeah. Google, Google solves my husband's and my arguments like all the time. (laughs) Google's amazing. I don't know what we did before we had Google. I just really don't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a home, so a homophone is two words that are spelled differently, but pronounced the same. And it's really hard, um, to tell the difference unless you're looking in context in the story. And, um, so you'll have, you know, like, um, lie L I E or lie L Y E. Um, and I know my friend, Brandon, um, he, (laughs) he and I talked at length, um, about this particular word because it was this word that got me my, um, proofreading job that I did for him. Um, he was my very first client. Um, cause I was, I was reading his book for review and I kept coming across these small little errors and they, they weren't like big, huge errors. They were just small ones. And oh, right, because you can run it through spell check, but it doesn't take the words into context. Exactly. It's just checking to see if it's spelled correctly. So, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you're, I mean, those are homophones are things that you're not going to catch unless you, unless you're actually reading through the book, um, faint F E I N T and faint F A I N T are, you yeah. know, again, they're homophones. So, I mean, but you're not going to catch those unless either, you know, the difference, you know, there's two versions of faint, um, and you know, some authors just don't know those things. Um, and yeah. because it's, unless you have gone through high school knowing you wanted to be a writer. So you've taken all of the English classes you could, <laughs> unless you've gone through college knowing you're going to be a writer. So you've taken all of the English classes that you can, um, there are some things that you're just not going to learn and you're not going to know. Um, and you know, again, spell check doesn't catch a lot of those things. So, um, you know, so I have a blog post planned, um, kind of explaining some of the, um, some of the homophones and, um, you know, so little tips like that, I'm trying to kind of intersperse with my, my book reviews so that I am helping, you know, the authors out as well as other readers saying, Hey, check these books out. Cause they're awesome. Um, between the birches, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I know everybody can hear me. Okay. So <laughs> let's, we're going to talk, we're going to like switch, uh, we're going to flip for just a second. Um, I lost the word that I was going to say after switch. So we're going to flip for just a minute. <laughs> we're going to geek out for like five seconds on Stardew Valley. <laughs> I know. Um, it's only the best game in the entire it is world. Absolutely. The uh-huh. best game it is. It's available on PS four. It's available on Xbox Windows, like if you go to the Windows Store on Microsoft, um, and which is how my mom plays. And then it is available as a computer game that I believe you can download from 
um, the Steam, Steam app. Yes. Yes. Um, Steam. Steam. Also on Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. I, well, I don't have a Nintendo, so that would explain. Yeah, um, we, we, that's the only console we own is a Nintendo Switch. So, and as soon as it came available, we're like, Stardew Valley. And then, <laughs> and then we have like three PC um, accounts with Steam so we, that we have three PCs that run it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I see two computers behind you. So you, yeah, I, I totally get it. I have, I have not played it in a while. Um, and I don't even remember why we bought it. I think we had just, we had seen it somewhere. Um, and it was a farming game and Pam loves her farming games. Um, Farmville, it's Farm awesome. Story, you know, all of those things. I, I love those yep. games. But then you get into Stardew Valley, and it's like Stardew Valley meets Jack and Daxter meets um, The Sims. <laughs> it's <Yes>. like... <laughs> Because uh, you have like all of these various adventures that you can go on. You have all of these various missions, like in Jack and Daxter, um, which is what I'm playing, which is why currently, which is why I'm giving the comparison. But you have all of these various missions that you have to complete to move forward in the game. And then you have your little farm where you can create crops and you can plant trees and you can build buildings. And then you go to the mines and you have monsters that you have to kill and you can mine for like various metals. And it's, there's a lot. It's so rich. It It really is. It's, and I love the social aspect of it, being able to, you know, friend all the, all the villagers in Stardew Valley or Pelican Town where you're at. And then, (laughs) which is why I've written fan fiction about these people, because, you know, like I said, at the start of the pandemic, I was playing this and these were like the people that I spent the most time with. (laughs) So Pelican Town became my family. I know it sounds pathetic, but I am, and I'm a dork and I, I own that, you know, so. Proud proud um, dorks. Come on. We're, we're proud dorks. Yes. (laughs) Proud geeks, proud nerds, proud, all of those things. Yes. I refuse to be normal. It's it's not fun at all. I, no, it's boring. Yeah, it's so boring. <laughs> um, normal people make me sad. Um, <laughs> they just they just really do. Um, which is why most most of my uh, most of the people that I talk to the most are dorks like me and nerds like me. Um, and you know, we all have our various things that we are nerdy about. But we're all nerds, and we own it, and we love it, and it's it's awesome. So, um, do um, okay. So you can find your fan fiction. Your fan fiction, from what I understand from our Twitter DM conversation yesterday, your fan fiction is a little bit dirty bird, from what I understand. Oh yes. Yes, it's it's because that's what I was wanting to write. I was reading a lot of fan fiction and compared to some of the other fan fiction with Stardew that I've read, mine is kind of tame, but yeah, no, it is definitely smutty. Um, the first two. <laughs> See, I'm, so. And I'm honestly not sure that I can read it because I'm sitting here. I'm like, I know some of these characters and all I can think <laughs> is like Marnie and the mayor. It's oh yeah. Like, no. Okay. So the first one I wrote was um, Pearl of the Valley, and it was about my very first Stardew save. Her name was Pearl. She had purple hair like I did at the time, because it's red now, like crayon red. Um, I, and I love she it romanced Harvey, the doctor. So because I like dorks, and he's he's an absolute precious dork. So that's what that fanfic is about and um that one I kind of went way off the rails with and ended up writing like um like the total story is like 70 something thousand words wow so it's it's sizable um and I ended up scrapping like the last half of it and then redoing it so at some point in time I will go back because there's a scene that I had between Pearl and Harvey they had they had a, an argument and Harvey went into drinking and, and 
you know, not Aww, taking care of himself. And then there's this whole part where Pearl comes in and she's like, you know, Harvey, you know, you're, you're not taking care of yourself. And she shaves him and gets him cleaned up and, you know, Aww. they start. And then I, I, I totally like scrap that because that, the, the, whatever came after it was, it was not good enough. So I had people on there commenting saying, you know, um, I had mentioned that in the comments is like, if you do, I, I'll beta read it. You know, you can send it to me <laughs> if you go back. And I'm like, okay, I don't know when I'm going to, um, because I'm still working on one. It's with um, Mel and Alex. It's called My Secret Melody. And that one's still ongoing. I, I just haven't had time to write. You know, I, I, I tried like uploading a couple chapters, but it's like once a month, maybe. But um, it's, you know, Alex the Jock, which. I only came to like because of writing the Pearl and Harvey because Alex was the antagonist in that one. <laughs> so you know, I never really liked him in Stardew. So, you know, after I wrote him, I'm like, you know, he's okay. So my Alex, my version of Alex from Pelican Town is a lot more redeemable than the one in the game, um, in my opinion. So that's why I started writing that one. But my favorite fanfic that I've done is between um ashley and shane okay you know i i like a damaged you know <laughs> story there so you know damaged boy and and all that and um you know trying to help bring him out and that's what um it's i never meant to fall in love and that one ended up being like a hundred and fifteen thousand words Holy it, it crap. was like twice as much as my Harvey. So when I say that I like my Stardew Valley, you know, <laughs> and the fact that I write these massive fan fictions, I, I'm saying that. And those are written in third omniscient point of view because that's what I was writing at the time. Right. So, but, but yeah, it's, it's not so, and, and, and I'll say with my smut, it's not distasteful. And, you know, it's not like in your face, let me throw everything, you know, just sex in there just because I can. No, it, it kind of goes with it. It's, it. Have you watched Outlander? I have not. Okay. I've heard, okay. I've heard things about it, but I have like 15 shows I'm trying to watch right now. Okay. Well, <laughs> so. in, in Outlander, people have, have commented on the sex scenes there and how they're not just thrown in for, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? gratuitously not yes gratuitously. gratuitously yeah mine are not like that either they're they move the plot along and they are part of it and they help the characters grow together you know if, if you get what i'm saying but you. you know it doesn't mean that it can't be hot so <laughs> so what um what would you tell somebody who um wants to write what are some pieces of advice maybe you would give somebody who is interested in starting to write um they haven't really gotten to the point of writing a book yet so they're thinking you know okay maybe short stories or you know something like that what is what is like a, a fan fiction piece of advice that you would give somebody oh gosh um well just go for it because like with Stardew Valley, you already have the characters. And this is this is the same for any kind of video game. You already know the characters. You already have a world. And all you're doing is adding to it or expanding it. So if someone's interested in writing and they have a video game or another book series or a movie that they really enjoy, just, you know, if they come up with an idea... Just write it down. See where it goes, because that's what happened with Between the Birches. I started something. I wasn't really clear on where it was going at first, and then it's like things kind of grew and expanded from there. But these were original characters. I just used like an alternate U.S. Earth version. You know, I've changed the names of some of the the places, but the Stardew Valley really helped with with getting comfortable writing because I didn't have to come up with backstories. Um, not, not too much. I mean, I do have some original characters, um, especially in the, that I never meant to fall in love, but you don't have to come up with the world building. You can just write for the joy of writing and, you know, just 
just do it. See what comes of it, you know? And work on your dialogue because, you know, Pam can't, so... um yeah i i have absolutely no problem carrying on a conversation with somebody you asked me to start writing that stuff down and i absolutely i lose my mind i it's just um you know and i think part of it is um you know i was recently um, i think i told you and the the other two ladies this i was recently diagnosed back in march uh, with adhd um yeah and after years of wondering, okay, what is wrong with my brain? Because I, there was just some things that I, I can sit and focus on for hours. So just reading a book or playing a video game or watching a movie. Um, but at the same time, there's other things that I have just always struggled with cleaning my house, you know, mowing the lawn, you know, things that are not interesting. Um, and I think that to my brain, writing dialogue is just not interesting. Um, makes sense then. And so, and I think that that's probably a lot of the reason why it's just, I, I shy away from, please don't ask me to write a book because I don't want to, that's not fun for me. Um, I want to read your stories and I want to read everybody else's stories and all of the books and, um, if I could just sit all day and proofread, edit, read, and write and work on my blog, I told I that's what I would do all day long. Um, yeah. And you know, I think the I think the pandemic opened up a lot for a lot of people. Um, many of the authors that I have had here on the show, you know, I'm like, well, when did you start writing? And they're like, well, I wrote a little bit like back in eighth grade, but I didn't really like start like really writing until the pandemic hit. And I had all of this spare time. And that's, that's a lot of it. The picky bookworm. I kind of had had that blog there for a little while, never really started like hardcore working on it. Um, until the pandemic hit, you know, and I'm like, I have all of this spare time. Yes. I'm working my job remotely from home, but, um, I do still have extra time throughout the day that I can sit and, you know, create a Pinterest pin or write a blog post or, you know, read a book or, you know, things like that. So the pandemic was really great for, um, a lot of us in that regard. So, um, okay. So we have a, a few, like nine minutes left, uh, eight maybe. Um, and I wanted to ask you about keywords. Um, oh, because I know they're like the, they're the bane of everybody's existence. They are the bane of my existence. I absolutely hate them. Um, but I also know that you had gotten a, a tool that, um, is maybe a little bit more helpful. So I thought you might want to talk about that for just a minute and see um, if you I, even... I literally have, I, I, I downloaded um, Publisher Rocket and I used it once and then we went on family vacation and then I just haven't had time to do anything with it. That's, that's all I've got. I think Lacey's gotten farther along than I have with the keyword search thing. So we might bring that up uh, book club uh, Tuesday. So or actually it's going to be Thursday, Thursday, right? Yes, it will be Thursday. Yes. We're, Thursday. We had to, we had to move it. Normally we record on the second Tuesday of the month. Um, but there's four of us that we have to schedule around. So if one of us has something going, um, it's not one of those things where it's like, no, you, we have to do it on Tuesday night, you guys. So if one can't make it too bad, um, it's not like that. We try to um, accommodate as much as we can, um, for everybody because it's, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not as much fun if it's not all four of us. Uh, and, right, right. You know, Lacey, Lacey is very important to the group. Um, I, I may call her heartless sometimes because, <laughs> because of the, the stories that she writes and the characters oh that she kills off. But she is right, very, but 
she's very mm. important to our group and it just, it would not be the same without, if you took one of us away, it just would not be the same. So, um, right. we definitely and, and have to, I want to come that. back around to, to Lacey and her heartlessness. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have read all of her series. Okay. I'm like, have you read shattered fate yet? Cause I have not. Oh, yes, I, have. Oh. I have read shattered okay. fate. She's, she's added some things and taken some, some scenes away. So I need to go back and reread it. You know, she's, she's looking for beta readers very soon. Um, especially since Leo, which is the prequel in her 13th Zodiac series. Right. It's coming out July 25th. Um, you want to talk about heartless. Okay. That Leo, Leo is, was tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was like, oh my gosh, because it follows Jace, and um, you might think that oh, it's just going to be Jace and you know one of the other characters. Like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Corvus from from Dreamtaker. Everybody meets him in Dreamtaker. It's going to be about them and their past and blah blah blah. No, no, it goes a little bit farther it's, back. You want to know gets why Jace is dark. the way he is? Yeah, it, it is dark. dark. I thought Dreamtaker was dark. Leo is like the domino for her whole series. Yeah. And it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for people to read that one. I mean, I love dream taker is my favorite, you know, 13 Zodiac was great because you got to learn her characters, but dream taker was like, you know, I, I gave 13 Zodiac three or five stars. And it's like when dream taker came out, I'm like, I, I want to give it like, seven let's <laughs> you know? give it like 10 yeah 10 out of five um i will see and that is you know you're um you're stating uh wanting to give more stars than uh, you can that is a lot of the reason why i don't give star reviews or star ratings on my blog when i write a book review i can't do it and if i have you know and i've had authors um, I have a couple that I need to actually go over and um, rate on Amazon, but I have a couple that if you ask me to review it on Amazon, it's going to be automatic five stars, um, especially if I have reviewed it on my blog um, yeah. because I hate star ratings so, 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 so much. So, you know, I think they're dumb. I think they're arbitrary. <laughs> I, you know, and this is, this is my personal opinion. I'm sure that there are people yeah. out there who review books. They love star ratings and they have like this whole like thing about them. That is not me. I hate them. I think they're dumb. Um, and only use them when necessary. And if I have to use them, it's an automatic five stars. I don't try to think about what each star represents. It's just, um, I can't do that. So, um, but yeah, that's, you know, giving star ratings, that's why, um, I don't, um, is because I come across more books than not that I'm like, five stars is not enough. It's yeah. just not. Um, so yeah, the 13th Zodiac is definitely one of those series, um, that five stars is just not enough uh, for those of us who um, have been in the world. Um, she's created like a brand new mythology. She's created a brand new world. Um, and, you know, and kind of like between the birches, cause we're supposed to be selling your book. Katie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, kind of like between the birches, you know, you've managed to take something that we all know exists in the U S the Appalachian mountains. And you have created like this little fantasy world that's, you know, hidden yeah. in there. You're like, okay, if I go to the Appalachian mountains and go on this like long, super long hike, maybe I can find this magical blade and hide yes, from the world. That would be we're, so we're cool. The rocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So we have a couple minutes left. Okay. Any last words? No, just um, if you go out and buy my book, Between the Birches Awakening, um, I'd really appreciate it because I wanted to give as well as others have given um, to create an escapism and you know, I've appreciated all the indie authors that I've been able to escape through their books and I want to do the same. 
So, um, and we're going to change that if to when. So when you buy Katie's book, uh, <laughs> find her, find her on Twitter um, and tell her that you bought her book um, at KP Writes Fantasy. Uh, you can come and find me on Twitter at Picky Bookworm. Uh, come and say hi. We we would love to connect with you. Um, and um, this upcoming Thursday, um, the 16th, um, we are going to be recording Golden Girls Book Club, uh, which is going to be us four ladies talking about Between the Birches. So you're going to get two, two Between the Birches episodes pretty much right in a row. Um, and it's going to be an absolute blast. So... Uh, Thank you so much, finally, for coming and visiting with me today, Katie. I, I love it. Me. Um, and I will talk to you later. All right. Okay. Be good, Pam. Always. Thank you. Bye. Bye.